providing you with health information and guests to elevate your health and life and help make your life better in 30 minutes or less. This is the Frontline Health Podcast. Today, we're continuing with two current news pieces that have been making waves. The increased number of institutions beginning to enforce COVID protocols again, like mask mandates and social distancing, and a secret letter to the CDC from top epidemiologists about masks and the effectiveness of them to stop a virus. This last week, we actually saw some universities in the Atlanta area begin requiring masks on all students and employees again. They said no parties or large gatherings for the next two weeks. Sound familiar? And requiring physical distancing from one another, all without having one confirmed case of COVID on some of the campuses. Hospitals in the last week have also started adopting the same stance by forcing all staff, visitors, and patients to wear masks about just about a month after many of them had just dropped the requirement. So if you're like me, it kind of brings up two questions. First, why are they doing this again? And second, based on the secret letter to the CDC, are the protocols effective, or specifically masks? So while there's no doubt there has been an increase in COVID cases in the last four weeks, which is, I'm sure, some of the rationale for bringing back some of the protocols, it seems the biggest concern is based on the reaction of the WHO and the CDC around what they describe as a new, highly mutated lineage of the virus that caused COVID-19. It's been labeled by the WHO as a variant of interest, which means that it should be more closely watched than others because of mutations that might make it more contagious or severe. This new variant has been given the name EG.5, or ERIS for short, and they've been tracking it since the end of July when they began sounding the alarm. It's now been discovered in about 50 countries as of August 8th and is estimated by the CDC to be around 17% of all COVID cases in the United States. However, there's another variant that has caused even more alarm among the WHO and CDC, the BA2.86, or Pyrola, which was also detected in late July in three countries, Denmark, Israel, and the United States. And it only has a handful of infections worldwide. So what's the main difference between this variant and previous ones that causes the CDC and WHO so much concern? So far, there's really been no evidence that Eris spreads faster or causes more serious illness than previous versions, but Parola has been shown to have over 35 mutations, which means it'll be much harder to pin down, but doesn't necessarily mean any worse outcomes from this variant than other variants in the past. So there's still a lot to learn about these variants, but it certainly doesn't seem to warrant overaction, overreactions like the shutdowns we had over the last few years. And regardless of the outcomes of these variants, it seems we are heading towards some of those same protocols again, like forced wearing of masks, which leads us to our next current event. In recent times... I know we've all witnessed the extensive use of masks as a preventive measure against the transmission of COVID-19. 
However, new documents obtained from the National Institutes of Health suggest that public health officials used inaccurate information and misrepresented medical research to support the notion that masks effectively prevent severe COVID-19 and virus transmission. The controversy centers around a letter sent in November of 2021 to the Centers uh, for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, by renowned epidemiologist Michael Osterholm, who serves as the director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. Osterholm and his colleagues raised concerns that the CDC was promoting flawed data and excluding information that contradicted their narrative about mask efficacy. The letter emphasized the potential consequences of misrepresenting data on trusted platforms like the CDC and the COVID-19 Real-Time Learning Network. The authors warned that this misrepresentation could actually damage the credibility of science, erode public trust by distorting evidence, and create false expectations about the protective abilities of masks against COVID, which I would say he was pretty dead on based on the history we've had. But Osterholm also pointed out that this selective use of data led to a pattern of focusing on studies that supported the narrative that masks prevent severe COVID-19 and transmission, while downplaying or ignoring studies that offered a different perspective. He highlighted the need for a more comprehensive scientific review of the available data to determine the true role masks play in preventing SARS-CoV-2 transmission. But the controversy doesn't just stop there. The Infectious Diseases Society of America, or IDSA, is a collaborator with the CDC. They were also brought into the spotlight. The IDSA's Mask and Face Coverings for the Public webpage was accused of highlighting studies that aligned with their conclusions while sidelining those that contradicted them. The situation is complex as the IDSA collaborates with various medical professional organizations that base their recommendations on agency guidance, including the American Academy of Family Physicians, the, Academy, the American Academy of Pediatrics, and more. And while that all took place, one of the key figures in this controversy is Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the former director of the CDC during the COVID-19 pandemic. The letter was addressed to CDC officials, including Walensky, urging them to rectify the serious errors present on the CDC's website regarding mask efficacy. Osterholm and his colleagues proposed an updated review of the scientific evidence surrounding mask efficacy, emphasizing their willingness to assist in the process. However, instead of addressing the concerns that were raised, the CDC and IDSA reportedly modified their, their website to further promote the importance of masking, stating that any mask is better than no mask. The letter, which was obtained through the Freedom of Information Act by the Functional Government Initiative, highlighted the importance of ensuring that scientific guidance remains evidence-based and transparent, which leads us to the question of whether wearing masks are effective at all. As we've touched on in previous podcasts, we know that prior to COVID, studies regarding masks and wearing them for protection against viral infections didn't show a benefit at all for those who wore the mask that were sick or that were not sick. 
And in some cases, we know that it actually harmed them. One particular study in 2015 of 1,600 hospital healthcare workers followed for five weeks with two groups, one with cloth mask and the other with medical grade mask. It was published in the BMJ, which was formerly known as the British Medical Journal, and it stated moisture retention, reuse of cloth mask, and pore filtration may result in increased risk of infection. As a precautionary measure, cloth mask should not be recommended. It actually showed that 97% of those workers who wore the cloth masks contracted a virus, while those who wore a medical grade mask had a 44% contraction rate over that five-week period. And while that 44% rate sounds good, we have to remember that these were healthcare practitioners who wore the mask only once, threw it away, and then they were accustomed to wearing masks and washing their hands. And while I could spend a lot of time rehashing the studies prior to COVID, we now have enough data in regard to COVID, which is what seems to really matter in this case and as we come upon this new season of COVID. A reanalysis of the Boston mask study, which claimed that mask mandates reduced COVID cases in schools, actually found that districts that dropped masking requirements experienced the largest decreases in COVID cases. That's right. Those who dropped masking requirements experienced the largest decreases in COVID cases. Another study from 2021, which was published in the peer-reviewed Southern Medical Journal, evaluated the impact of mask mandates on mortality and intensive care admissions in Bexar County, Texas, from July 8th to August 12th of 2020. And it found that mask mandates had no verifiable effect. A review of 78 studies from the Cochrane Library in January of 2023 also found no evidence that masking worked. In addition, a peer-reviewed study published in April of 2023 on mask usage across Europe noted a moderate positive correlation between mask usage and deaths in Western Europe. Finally, the results from a study in 2022 looked to see if face masks increased the fatality rate of COVID cases. The study, which was published in the journal Medicine, suggests mask mandates caused 50% more deaths compared to no mask mandates. 50% more deaths compared to no mask mandates. The study's author, Fogan, theorized that hyper-condensed droplets caught by masks are re-inhaled and introduced deeper into the respiratory tract and is responsible for higher viral loads and increased mortality rates, what's now called the Fogan effect. And while these studies are concerning enough on their own, there have also been some studies over the COVID years that suggest exposure to the microplastics within the mask itself may result in lung, fibro lung fibrosis and cause other issues, but we'll leave those studies for another time. So as we begin to see this increased noise around COVID and we see the calls for more lockdowns and mandates, we have a choice to make. We need to remember the recent past and take courage. Remember, recent studies on COVID have shown mask usage actually increased sickness and death rates among those that wore masks potentially due to the Fogan effect. 
So what do you need to do? First, remember, masks and lockdowns have shown they do not work. History has shown that to be true prior to COVID and during COVID as well. Second, remember over 95% of individuals who died with COVID did not die from COVID alone. And on average, they had four other conditions they were suffering from. Third, remember, no one will care more or take better care of your health than you. So take courage and don't hide out in a closet somewhere, but instead take ownership of your health by exercising, eating right, and taking supplements to help increase your immune health. And your well-designed body will do the rest. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Frontline Health by CenturionLabs.com. And we look forward to having you join us on our next episode. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Frontline Health Podcast by Centurion, where our desire is to elevate your health and life. If you found benefit from this episode or know someone who could, please pass it along. We'd love to hear any feedback or questions you may have by emailing us at admin at centurionlabs.com. Until next time, remember, you are your best health advocate. So go take ownership of your health today.